Hey, this is Greg Harvey, pastor at Embrace Church. Enjoy today's message and subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming sermons. Mary's story. Next, next week I'm going to look at through Joseph's story because we all have stories and they're all different. How many know that? You can go through the same thing and you see it different because you see it how you see it. So I want to look at it through Mary's point of view, through Mary's side this morning. And in Luke, the first chapter, in the 26th verse, it says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. I like that right there. We need to grasp that a little bit more. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord let it be done to me according to your word and the angel departed from her I love that when the angel tells Mary all that's going to happen and he's and I'm picturing Gabriel saying it with so much excitement because it's the promise is finally coming that's been promised for years and And I can picture the angel telling Mary everything that's going to take place in so much excitement in Gabriel. And her response didn't seem exciting back. Her response, when everything is given out, this is what's going to happen. This is what, oh, you're favored, a highly favored one. And, and the excitement that Gabriel's given and her response is, how can this be? I don't know how this is going to work. 
all the excitement matched with how can it be? In other words, in other words, what Mary's really saying is, I didn't plan on this. This, this was not in my plan whatsoever. You've caught me off guard, and, 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 and this is one thing I did not plan for. Do we have any planners? Just planners in the house. Do we have any non-planners in the house? Come on, come on, come on, help me out. Non-planners, you just like to go by the seat of your pants, just in, enjoy whatever. Come on, raise them high. Be proud of it. Raise it. Can I just say, you are the problem for all the planners. <laughs> you are. For all those who raise their hand first. Those who raise their hand last, you are the problem. Our son one time, I remember, he, 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 was, he was upset because he thought something would happen at a certain time. He thought, actually, we, he, was, he was younger, and, 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 and I'm not going to say which son, but we've got real, one planner, and, and he's here. Um, <laughs> But I'm not saying names or anything. And he was younger, and, and we had gone off for, for an anniversary trip, and he thought we would be here sooner than we were. And, and he was upset about it. He was upset, and, 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 and he was just waiting with anticipation. We were supposed to come. We were supposed to come. Actually, it was a Sunday, and we were youth pastors at a church just down the road at New Canaan Family Worship Center. And, and, and there, um, it's a Sunday night. He thought we would be there before service. We were skipping out of the Sunday night service. We were coming in later, and, and he was anticipating. He was at the door, and the pastor's wife, and if you know the pastor's wife, um, she's a planner. And, and she, I mean, she likes... Her, her way and, and and my son was at the door and he was just upset and she was trying to console him a little bit because she knew when we were coming he didn't know when we were coming and she was trying to get him in and she really didn't know what the problem was to explain the problem and she's just saying if I could help you if I, if I just knew what the problem was uh, I, maybe I could fix it and he turns to her and says it's you you're the problem oh she just said well I don't know how I can fix that The pastor has since told me, and he always will now, whenever he sees us, will remind us of that. And he calls Micah his hero because he's always wanted to say it, but he didn't have the guts to tell her that. But Micah told her. It can be so discouraging, and so there's nothing worse than when you have a plan and your plan doesn't line up with what's happening. I, I'm by nature. I'm really not a planner. I like to just live life, just go have fun, just whatever. My wife is very, very, very much a planner. After 29 years of marriage, I'm turning into a planner because I have to. And there's nothing. To, 
worse than when I have a plan and she has a plan and those plans don't line up. There's nothing more frustrating than at that moment that I've planned something and she's planned something and now I've planned whatever she's planned evidently and that just goes in the... When my plan doesn't line up with her plan and my plan has to change because it's her plan. There's nothing more frustrating in this and I, and I think that is kind of the case with Mary at this moment because, because Mary has plans and this angel just comes up on her and he just changes her plans all in a moment. Mary has plans. I'm sure she has plans of having a family later, but right now her plan is to just get married. Uh, and the angel comes to her and says, Hey, I've got good news. Uh, you're going to have a baby. And she's thinking, That's not in my plan right now. Right? I mean, that's not, that's not how I thought it would be. That's not, how, that's, not, that's not how I planned it. And it's nothing more frustrating uh, than when your plans get mixed up and it's nothing more more frustrating than when all of a sudden in life when things don't go as planned now I'm getting a little deeper what what do you do when things just don't go like you thought it would go when all of a sudden there's cutbacks at work and you're one of them and that's not what you were planning to happen at that time or or there's a sickness that comes out of nowhere that affects your whole family what do you do when that wasn't in your plan you didn't plan for that and now it's just chaos and it's a mess your plan was this but this happens instead and now you've got to adjust to a plan that you didn't plan on whether it's it's a spouse that that leaves you or 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 it's a it's kids who move back home or it's parents who move back home I, I mean I, either I mean what what do you do in life when things don't go as you planned and here's what I want to say. If I can take anything from this moment, if you can take anything from this story, is just let me, let me tell you this. Don't miss God's purpose because of your plan. Don't miss what God has a purpose for you because of the plan that you made for your own life. Don't miss what God wants to do in you. And I know, Mary, you're planning a wedding, but but. But God's planning to save the world at the moment. And I know that you were working on your, your wedding registry, but God says now it's time to work on your baby registry. And I know it's not how you thought it would be or planned it, but instead, uh, instead go with it. I know you were planning your life, but God's trying to plan your destiny, Mary. So don't miss your purpose because of the plan. And, and if you look at Mary's life, I think she would have some, some, some great wisdom for you about plans because she dealt with this. And if you can look through it a little bit, if you're taking notes, these would be good notes for you to take. Especially for all you planners. Because this is a good one. Plan for interruptions. Like, how do you do that? But plan for the 
interruptions. In other words, in other words, be flexible. I love about Mary, she wasn't planning on a baby. And I'm sure she wanted kids. I'm sure she wanted the family. I'm sure she wanted all that, but, but, but not now. She wanted to get married first. I'm sure she had her future all planned out how she wanted it. And now God's throwing this curveball at her. But Mary, Mary still said, let it be done according to your word. Wow. Really? What she was really saying is, is I didn't plan on this, but I accept it. I didn't plan on this, but I accept your plan. I accept your purpose. I didn't plan this, but I accept it anyway. So let it be done, not according to my will, but according to your word. So plan for the interruptions. Plan for inconvenience. I mean, God was asking, God was asking a lot out of Mary. God was asking Mary, who, who was probably about 14, asking her to carry a child for nine months. That's pretty inconvenient. I've heard. I mean, I don't know. Do, I, do we have any moms that would agree that can be inconvenient? Can you imagine doing it at 14? Can you imagine doing it facing all the stairs in the small village that you're from? All the ridicules. All the whispers from people talking about you. As you try to explain to them, look, I, I, I'm, I'm still a virgin. I've never been with my husband or my future husband. I've never been with another guy. Can you imagine trying to explain that to your future husband? That you're just pregnant and, and you haven't cheated on him. God was asking a lot of inconvenience out of her. She had, to, she had to deal with the man that she loved wanting to leave her. Wanting to not marry her because of the situation. And she has to deal with that. She has to, she has to leave town. Because of the stairs, because of the ridicule, because of not knowing, knowing, knowing what's going on. And you don't know what to do. So she finds her closest relative uh, who's with, with child also, who might know a little bit about what she's going through. And she leaves and she, she abandons it just to be with that person. The inconvenience. Nine months pregnant and she's got to travel on a donkey. For several days to a town in Bethlehem. Her future husband doesn't even have the decency to reserve a room. 
And she has to give birth in a stable. The inconvenience of it all. You know, when your plans are changed, it's always inconvenient, isn't it? I'm afraid too many times what happens is we miss the moments and we miss the miracles and we miss the purpose in the name of inconvenience. That there's been so many times that God will speak something to us, but because it's inconvenient and it doesn't line up with my plan, that we miss out and we don't do it. As soon as God tells you something and, and the first thing you begin to think about is, does this line up with what I want? Does this line up with, with my plan, with my thought? Remember, remember when, we, when God called us into the ministry, really called us, and it was just burning on our heart. And God was dealing with me, and I was scared to death to tell my wife, that I think we need to go into ministry. I think we ought to sell our house and just move with our two boys and just just abandon it all and go in a ministry. I was so thankful that God operated the same way he operated with Joseph and Mary because God was dealing with her at the same time. And I look back I'm so thankful that we went, even though it was inconvenient. Even though though our first step that we went to, to go into full-time ministry because we just felt this was the church we were supposed to go to in Fayetteville, Arkansas, because this is where, I mean, God just put that on our heart. We lived in Joplin, Missouri, and, and we sold our house in Joplin, and we moved to Fayetteville to be youth pastors at a church that didn't ask us to be youth pastors. Because we felt God telling us to do that. And whenever we showed up and we at least said, we want to help out with the youth. And they said, no, that's okay. Like, man, now it's really inconvenient. They don't even want us. But I'm so glad that we stepped out. Now, now, fast forward a little bit. We became their youth pastors. And God had another plan. He moved us again. I'm always so thankful that we were willing to go where God said to go. Because if you don't, you'll miss the moments and the miracles that God has for you because of your own plans. Because you're so worried that you'll be inconvenienced. So so plan for it. Plan for it because everything that God has for you is always going to be inconvenient a little bit. So plan for the inconvenient. Here's here's another one. Plan for the imperfection. Plan for it. Plan for the imperfection. I, I, I mean, we get so caught up in looking for the perfect will of God. We do. People, people, especially when I was in youth and, and people or kids are thinking of their future, 
they would come up and they always wanted to know. I just wanted to know. They would, they would ask for prayer. I, I, was, I was at a camp one time and, and, and this, this kid just came up to me. He was in Bible college at the time. And, and so, so if you're in that age group, uh, don't be offended that I said this kid. But he come up to me and, and he said, he said, I, I want you to pray for me. Will you pray for me? I said, sure. What do you want me to pray about? He said, I want to know God's will for my life. I'm like, you got to give me a little bit more than that. I don't, I don't know God's will for your life. You've got to hear from God. And here's what he was wanting to know. Everybody wants to be in the will of God. Here's the thing is that we think that if we're in the perfect will of God, everything will be perfect. We think if we're in the perfect will of God that everything will just go smoothly. Everything will be right. Everything will just be perfect. That everything will look perfect. But I'm telling you, it's in the perfect will of God that there is always imperfections. There's always things that don't look like you thought it would, should look. It's not always looking as smooth as you think it will be. There's always a bunch of imperfections in the picture that makes up the perfect picture and the perfect will of God. It's in the imperfections. Look at it. Look at it. Mary's life wasn't perfect, but she was in the perfect will of God. Mary went through some imperfect situations uh, from, from the room to the birth to the, to the trip to, to, to even fleeing to Egypt because they're trying to kill Jesus. All these things were just imperfections that showed up all along the way, but she was still in the perfect will of God. So don't give up on the will because it looks imperfect. Don't give up on his plan because it's some imperfections are happening along the way. There's always going to be imperfections. You see this, you see, you'll always see a mess along the way. And what happens is we think it's a mess up. We see the messes along the way and we think it's just a mess up. That we've messed it, that we've missed the will now because there's a mess. Don't think that. Plan for it because it's going to happen, the imperfections. There's going to be a mess in the miracles. I mean, you look at the gospel itself. The gospel, the good news. You look at all throughout and there's always a mess. And it's not that God ever called inaudible. It's not like he was caught off guard, that it got out of control, out of his plan, that, that he just said, said, oh, oh, I don't know what to do now. Adam and Eve sinned. I didn't see that coming. And, and he didn't go then, well, well let me try, let me, let me send Abraham, and, you know, the father of the faith, and let's see if this works. And, oh, that didn't. Let me send Moses, and, and I'll give him the law. Maybe this will work. Maybe I'll send the prophets, and, and, and that will work. And none of that works. And then he just says, well, I don't know. What to, I'll just throw in the kitchen sink, and, and I'll send the, my son, and maybe that will save them all. It's not like he was caught off guard. He wasn't calling audibles because everything was getting 
and imperfect. It said that Christ was the was the 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 the, the lamb that was slain. I'll get it out. The lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. In other words, he planned on it. He knew it would happen the whole time. And it might have looked imperfect, but gospel was still perfect. It was still part of his plan. The perfect will in a messed up moment. You see, see, don't get caught up in, in thinking everything will be right. His perfect promise still came out of imperfection. You know, there's a, there's a scripture that we quote so much, and, 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 and you'll see it on frames at Hobby Lobby. Jeremiah 29.11. How many knows it? How many quotes it? What does it say? Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. We get excited about that, don't we? Because he says, I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. We get excited about that because we think, well, if it's his plans, all we focus on and see is prosper and hope and future. Because his plans are good. We put this on our walls. We, we, when we want to get real spiritual and the pastor's coming over to our house, we'll buy it real quick and put it up. Right there when he walks in. We get all fancy. Oh, did you see our Fourier? I've never seen the verse before put up. I've never, I mean, we, we'll quote that one. We'll quote Jeremiah 29, 11. But I wonder if we quote it out of context so much that we miss and we get this idea that because it's his plan that all we see is prosper and future and hope. Because I've never seen anybody quote Jeremiah 29, 10. I've never seen that at Hallmark. Do you know what Jeremiah 29.10 says? None of y'all even know it, do you? You know Jeremiah 29.11, but Jeremiah 29.10 says, this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon. I don't know if you know what's happening right there. The Babylonians were coming and taking Israel captive. And, Jesus, and God's saying, look, when 70 years of slavery... When 70 years of captivity are done in Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise and bring you back to this place. And then, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Give you hope and a future. I know the plans I have for you. But if you're seeing that... You're looking at and going, 70 years of captivity? 70 years of slavery? You're not looking at the hope at the moment. You don't see the hope. 
You're not looking at the future. You're thinking, I'll never make it. I'm going to die in captivity. I'm never making it out of here. You don't see the, 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 the prosper in captivity. But in the context of it, God's saying, look, I know the plans I have for you. Do you want to know them? 70 years of captivity. Really? If, 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 if you're going through the imperfections of the 70 years of captivity, when they were given this promise by Jeremiah, as God was speaking to them, they were already there in Babylon. And when you're already in the mess, it's hard to look at the future. It's hard to see the hope. It's hard to see that God's in control because it didn't line up with what they thought. It didn't line up with how they planned it. It didn't line up and now they're in the mess. And I think here's what we miss. We miss this so much about Jeremiah 29, 11. It's really not about the prosper. It's really not about the hope. It's really not about the future. Here's what it's about. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. God's saying, God's saying, I know the plans uh, I have for you. I, I, I know, God, I know the, you don't know the plans. Uh, I know the plans. You ever tell your kids that? They, they come up with a plan and you say, it doesn't matter what you, what you got planned. I know the plans I have right now in your life. I know the plans. Your plans don't mean anything right now. I know the plans. That's what God's saying. I know the plans I have. I know that you've got some plans and I know that you think you've got your life figured out, but, but I know the plans. You don't know the plans. You see, God's saying, your plans are subject to change. Your plans are always subject to change because I know the plans I have for you. You see this throughout all the Bible of people's plans being changed because God knows the plans, not them. You see this all throughout from, from Noah at the, near the beginning in Genesis that, that here he is uh, and he's just living his life as righteous as he can. Uh, and God tells him, look, I've got a change of plans for you, Noah. For the next 120 years, uh, I want you to build an ark on dry land uh, because it's going to rain. And Noah says, I don't even know what rain is because it's never rained before. And, and I don't understand this flood. And God just saying, it doesn't matter. I know the plans. Just trust me in this. I know, I know the plans I have for you, uh, declares the Lord. You see it with Abraham as Abram is just prosperous in this land. And all of a sudden God tells him, he says, look, Abraham, I want you to go to this land. And I'm not even going to tell you where I'm taking you. I'm just going to show it to you. I just want you to step out in faith because I know the plans. You don't need to know everything. You don't need to know the next step. You don't need to know the details. I know the plans. Plans. Just trust me because I know the plans that I have for you and I'll show you this place and I'll bless you there and I'll make you a nation. 
but I've got the plans. And I know it doesn't line up with yours, but I know the plans, so it's okay. You see it all throughout, whether it's Moses, uh, who, was, who God put within him uh, to deliver a people, his own people in Egypt. And he, and he goes a little bit early, and the people don't, don't accept it. And, and he wanders out into the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, he's there on the backside of a mountain, and God shows up at a burning bush. And when he's 80 years old and he's thinking his time's up and God can't use him because he missed his moment. God says, no, 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 Moses. No, no. I know the plans. Now's the time. Go back and I'm going to deliver the people through you. I know the plans that I have for you. You see this everywhere. Even, even, even Jesus himself coming uh, and Jesus going to a cross. Nobody expected that. Nobody thought that would happen. In fact, in fact, Satan himself thought at that moment Christ died. He's buried. And Satan thinks I've won. It's over. I finally beat him. I'm victorious. But three days later, he steps out of the grave with the keys to death in the grave and he declares I know the plans you didn't know the plans I knew the plans all along declares the Lord I'm telling you God knows the plans and you got to trust him and I know it's hard because it doesn't line up with what you think it will you'll think it will be perfect you just want to read Jeremiah 29 11, but there's going to be some Jeremiah 29 10s in your life in the middle of the 2911, there's gonna be some mess ups, and you think it's over, but he knows the plans. And that's the thing you have to grasp that's the thing you have to grasp that God knows the plans. I worship, will you come back up? You see, what we do miss. Will you put Jeremiah 29 10 back up real quick? Go back. Thank you. Here's the problem. When we look at this, we focus on the 70 years completed. And then, and then we get excited a little bit that he'll bring us back to the place. And we miss the middle where he said, I'll come to you. And fulfill my good promise. In the middle of letting them know you're going to be in captivity for a while. But it's okay. I'll bring you back to this place. I know the plans I have for you. They're good. I know they don't look it right now, but they're good. In the middle of it all, we miss that Christmas was even promised right there. I'll come to you. I'll come to you. I know right now I'm here, but I will come down to where you are and fulfill my good promise. Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. I will come to you. 
miss what it's all about. We miss, we'll miss the good promise. We'll miss the, the good promise because we focus on the mess. We focus on all this stuff. And in the middle of it all, God's saying, look, I know that this whole thing has been messed up. Because you see, ever since the law that God gave Moses, men couldn't keep it. It was impossible. In fact, they would, they would try and put standards that, didn't, that God didn't even put in. They would put standard on top of the law and this on top of that. And, and they would add to it and add to it to where it made the law so impossible to keep religion on top of religion, rule on top of rule. They, they made it to where nobody could keep it at the moment. And in the middle of all this imperfection uh, where the law became a bondage. In the middle of that moment, this scripture became fulfilled that God came down to us. Fulfilled his good promise. And he didn't declare it. To the scribes who put the laws upon us. The different. No, he, he came and announced it to shepherds. Lowly people. Lowly professions. The, the imperfect. And he became born in an imperfect place. Not in a palace like a king should be. But instead in a stable. He didn't come through the perfect person, but instead Mary. Peasant girl. Not even married. A virgin. Ridiculed. Made fun of. Laughed at. And he came through her. This imperfect person imperfect situation to an imperfect world to fulfill his good promise God with us because I know the plans see I just have a feeling that there's some here that you feel more imperfect And your plans right now seem more messed up and imperfect. And I just tell you, it's in the imperfect that God shows up. In the middle of the mess, God shows up. He even put his promise in the middle of it. Look, 70 years, then I'll bring you back. But he put the promise in the middle of it. In the middle of the mess, in the middle of the imperfection, in the middle of the trouble, in the middle of whatever you're going through, he says, don't worry, I know the plans. And I'll fulfill what I came to fulfill if you'll just trust me. Here's the thing. Are you willing to be like Mary? And say, let it be done according to your word, your will, not mine.
let it be done to me. Whatever you've got planned, I'll step out of the way and trust you in it. Thanks for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Have a great week and make an impact on those around you.